This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Amen. 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 Listen, I'm just excited about Jesus. I'm excited about this time of the year. You know, but this is not the only time we should get excited about Jesus. Amen? Amen. My wife mentioned about the, the Advent devotionals. Listen, please make sure you check those out. They'll be a blessing to you. You know, they really uh, are something that we decided to do to just to be an inspiration and an encouragement you know, to the body of Christ during this time as we, you know, go through these next few weeks heading till Christmas Day where we can celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, if, you th- if, you, if, you, if you're receiving that, you, you may have noticed um, when we first put the promotion out, there was a question that we asked. And, and the question was this, uh, what do the words, Jesus is the reason for the season, when you hear those words, what does it mean to you? How does it resonate with you? And the reason why we asked that was we wanted it to be, be, be self-provoking. We wanted you to begin to think about it for your own individual life. We, we hear those words all the time. They're spoken all, you know, around this time. We, we hear it quite often, you know, in the Christian circles. And, you know, we, we hear people saying, Jesus is the reason for the season. But I believe that the depth of that true meaning of that statement sometimes gets lost. My wife mentioned, you know, even in her talking a moment ago, it gets lost in things like going out and, and, and searching for gifts to give and, and, and going out and, 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 and so you're shopping and you're, you're online and you're going to the stores and then you're decorating your homes and then you're preparing the, 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 the meal that you're going to have and all those things become the thing that you focus in on. And, and what happens even in those things, you, you forget about Christ. Now, uh, uh, those things are good. We do the same thing. We buy gifts. We give gifts. We bless people. We definitely always fix a nice meal at Christmas time. But we have to realize that what is the most important thing that we're doing in this season? And so I felt it was very important for us to refocus. We have to refocus on Jesus, refocus our attention on him uh, in this time, in this season. And so, so I want to do something today. I want to, to reintroduce the Christ of Christmas. Notice I'm saying we're going to reintroduce the Christ of Christmas because Christ has already been known we already know that, that, that it, it, if you take Christ out of Christmas, there's nothing left but must. So it's not like it's brand new. This is not too brand new. This is nothing brand new that we're just putting together. But it's a reintroducing of Christ. Nine months ago, I shared, I, I spoke from, from this pulpit, and I, I, I said these words. I said, you know, it's not important. Uh, what we will do when we come out of this pandemic. That's not the thing that's most important. The thing I said that's going to be most important is what we will be. See, everybody has plans about what I'm going to do when we get get free. But no, it's about what will you be? Who will you be? 
Now, when I said that, I, I had no idea all the things that were going to take place. I had no idea if we were going to be some uh, months down the road, nine months later, and we're still, you know, dealing with the pandemic as it is. And, but, but in that, I learned a lot of lessons. There were a lot of things we learned during that nine-month period, even until today. But the one thing that I can say that was the greatest thing that I began to truly, truly, truly understand is that we need Jesus. If ever a day, if ever a time, we need Jesus. It doesn't matter whether you're saved or lost. It doesn't matter uh, uh, whether you're bound or free, whether you're rich or poor. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that's something I just came to understand, but, but, but as we were going through this time, I really began to reflect on how much we really need the Lord. But you know what? There's some good news. See, I got some good news. See, because, because I said we all need Jesus, but the good news is that Jesus is here. He's already here. He's already here. But the problem is, while we, while we know that he's here, while we know that he's the reason for the season, there are many of us who struggle truly understanding who he is. And so that's why I really feel it's important for me to, to, to reintroduce him to you uh, uh, this week and uh, have another message I'm going to preach that we're just going to reintroduce Christ to you. We want to make sure that you really understand who he is. And we're going to reintroduce him uh, through the words of, of a great prophet uh, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the prophet Isaiah. So you can, you can be finding Isaiah in your, in, your, in, your, in your Bible right now. I'm not going to give you the text yet. I'll give you a little, little historical context with regards to Isaiah, first of all. Isaiah speaks to the children of God. Now, first of all, he's one of the major prophets. And remember, I talked about major and minor. It's not based on position, but it's based on the writings, how big the writing is. And, and, and Isaiah is a very big, big, big book. But listen, uh, he, he spoke to the children of God in, in, in three periods. The first period was uh, the period right before the Babylonian exile. Then he, he also, God used him to speak to them while they were in the midst of that exile. And then God used him when they came out of it. So he was before, during, and after the Babylonian exile. And the thing about it was this, during times of uh, 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 when the children of, children of Israel were, were going through these things, they, they, were, uh, they had a lot of struggles. They had enemies were coming at them from all different directions. They endured all types of uh, struggles and oppression. And sometimes they got to the point where they began to wonder, man, is God against us? You know, has God left us? Has he abandoned us? Is God angry with us? You know, uh, uh, where is God? And I believe that uh, uh, in this year of 2020, I believe it's safe for me to say that there are many of us who, who, who have been wondering the same thing uh, about the day we're living in right now. I, I believe there are many of you who have probably said one day, man, where is God? Where is God in all of this? You know, is he for us? Is God against us? Has God left us? Has he abandoned us? But you know, in the midst of, of Israel's dire circumstance, Isaiah delivers two 
uh, messianic prophecies uh, uh, that would assure the people of God that God, uh, he, he, he not only had not abandoned them, but he was going to be with them. Now, I don't know about you, but that's enough right there to make you excited. Because if you're going through this struggle and this time and you're wondering where God is, but then you, you get the word that God is saying, I haven't left you. I haven't abandoned you. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm getting ready to be with you so you know I'm walking with you. That's enough to get excited. Hallelujah. The first one was, uh, uh, the first prophet, prophecy was, was in Isaiah 7 and 14. And this is where he prophesied about the birth uh, of a child whose name would signify God's presence. See, God said he's going to be with us. And this is what it says. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, this name Emmanuel means God is with us. God is with us. I, 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 just, I just dare you right now. I challenge you right now to even in your own self to say, God is with me. God is with me because he is. He is with you just like he was with them. Now, Emmanuel was not a personal name of Jesus. He, didn't, he, he, didn't bore, he never bore that name. But it's really an indication of a role that he was going to play in bringing the presence of God to man. So, so Emmanuel, even though we say he's he going to call him Emmanuel, but Emmanuel was more about what God, what, what Jesus was about to do. And so this prophetic word was an encouragement that God had not abandoned his people. And I just want to encourage you that he has not abandoned us. Yeah, we are going through a circumstance. We've been in this pandemic now for nine months. There's been so much else that has happened along that period of time. So many things that could cause you to get discouraged and cause you to, 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 to wonder, has God abandoned us? But just like God sent the word saying that, no, I haven't left you. I am with you. God is with us today. See, see, just like when I, 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 I started, the, the, I wrote the first day of the, our Advent devotional. And as a matter of fact, this scripture was one that I shared in that. And one of the things I said in my, in my encouragement to the body of Christ is that we are part of that prophecy. See, when he said that, that God was, was going to not, he was going to be with us, Emmanuel, that means he's going to be with us too. It wasn't just for that time, but it's for the times to come. There's the ages to come. For those who haven't even been born yet, God said that he's going to be with us. God is still Emmanuel today. He is still operating in that place where he is God with us. Us. And that's enough right there to get you excited because God is with you. God said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that's the one thing that you can take trust in, that God will not change his mind. His word will not come back void. He, he's not one who, who will lie and say, oh, I, I, I thought I could, but I couldn't do it. But if God said it, that settles it, and you can walk in that. Amen. Amen. So God is with us. I just want to encourage you, even in the midst of the way things look right now, God is with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second prophetic message is found in Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6. And that's going to be our main, my main text for this message for this morning. So if you turn there, uh, Isaiah 9 and 6. And it says this. Such a very popular passage of Scripture. For unto us 
a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, I, I, I know you, you're like me. Every, time, every year around this time, we, we hear this passage of Scripture so often being quoted. We hear it being talked about. We even hear it being sung in songs as we celebrate Christmas. But there's something very unique about the language that, that, that's in, uh, that, that, that the Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah used in delivering this messianic prophecy. The language that he used will leave no doubt of the identity uh, of this baby uh, that was going to be born. And, and it opens the door for us to get to know uh, 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 this, this, this child up close and personal. I don't know about you, but I'm glad about that. I'm glad that, that the Savior uh, 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 that was born into this world didn't come uh, uh, to, 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 to separate himself from us, but he came to have relationship with us. First, in his text, Isaiah reveals that Jesus, uh, he reveals Jesus as both a child that is born and a son that is given. Now, now we read that all the time, and we, we put it all together, and we, we bottle it up really nice, and we, we, we think about the fact that, you know, unto us a child is born, and we, we kind of group it together. But as I began really studying this passage of Scripture, I began to see, oh, there's a mock difference in what these words are saying. See, see, the thing about it is this, the, the word child speaks to the humanity of Christ. And the word son speaks to his deity. So you got to understand what, what Isaiah was revealing is that Jesus was going to come to earth as both God and man. Both God and man. Now, look, it's important that we don't overlook the significance of this God-man perspective. See, it was no, this was no ordinary birth getting ready to take place. This was about a supernatural, miraculous thing, a birth that was about to happen, and it was going to have an impact on the world forever and ever. See, see, what was taking place was, 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 was one of the great incomprehensible truths in the Bible. What are you talking about, Pastor Charles? I'm talking about the incarnation. See, the incarnation is, is, is something that just blows your mind. You, it's like, man, how, how, what is it? Well, the Holman Bible Dictionary defines incarnation this way. It says, God becoming human, the union of divinity and humanity in Jesus of Nazareth. Now, 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 what does that mean? Let me break it down to you real simple. What it means simply is this. Jesus, the Son of God, in all of his divine divinity, supremacy, and all, all of his glory, he, he came down and he took on a, a, a man. He came down and became man in the flesh when he became man in the flesh, he still was God. He didn't stop being God. He still was a supreme being even when he came into this world. See, what Jesus was representing was the union of two natures. See, see, there's a divine nature. That's the God nature. And then there's the human nature. That's man. 
And he was going to represent both of those natures. And guess what? He was going to walk perfectly in both. Now, I don't know. Now, 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 Jesus is the only one. I'm going to say that again. Jesus is the only one who has ever walked in the human nature perfectly. I don't care how good you've been. I don't care what family you come out of. God, Jesus is the only one who's ever walked perfectly in the human nature. Look at what it says in John uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2 and verse 14. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Who was in the beginning with God? Jesus. See, see, don't, don't think that Jesus was just born on Christmas Day. <laughs> see, see, sometimes people think, oh, Jesus won't born until Christmas. No, no, the Scripture says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and in the, be and in the beginning with God. He was with God. And then you drop down to verse 14, and it says this, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. So if you haven't figured it out yet, Jesus is the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. See, he is the fulfillment of God with us. He is the fulfillment of Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, second Isaiah reveals that, 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 that he has come for us. See, the text says this. It says, uh, uh, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Therefore, Jesus didn't, he, he didn't come for his own benefit. Guess what? He came for our benefit. He came for you. He came for me. He came for our benefit. I just said earlier, he didn't come riding on this great, beautiful stallion so people can just, uh, just honor and worship him. You know, no, he came as a humble servant to achieve a goal, and that goal was for you, for your benefit, and for my benefit. He came so that, 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 that we can be restored back in a relationship with the Father. Look, Jesus didn't just come on his own benefit, but he came for the benefit of all mankind. Look, in Luke, the second chapter, verses 10 through 11, the angel of the Lord revealed this benefit to those shepherds, you know, that, that, were, that were seeking. They were looking. They were on their way. And, and this is what the shepherd, this is what the, uh, the angel said to them in, in beginning at verse 10. He says, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. See, he didn't want them to be afraid. He didn't want them to worry. But he was telling them, I got some good news, some great news. That, that, that's going to be joyful for everybody. He said, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, if you haven't figured it out yet, see, see the benefit is that he would come to be the Savior of the world. He came to save mankind from the penalty of sin. John 3.16, you know, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, uh, that whosoever believes in him uh, uh, shall not perish but have everlasting life. God the Father sent Jesus, the Son, 
that was born to be the savior of all mankind. He, he, he came to be a light to the world. He came to redeem old sinful man back to the Father. He came to snatch us up out of the kingdom of darkness and, and, and to allow us to be able to walk back on the pathway that God had destined for us to walk from the very beginning. See, man was hopeless in his sinful state. Man was lost. All of man's best efforts, it doesn't matter what he did. It doesn't matter how much he owned. It doesn't matter how much he could give. It, every, it doesn't matter. He could not save or deliver himself from the penalty of sin. At all, the money you can get in the world cannot deliver you from the penalty of sin. See, 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 man was spiritually bankrupt. See, there was a spiritual bankruptcy that happened. See, see, when Jesus, when God created man, man was good. When he placed him in the garden, he had everything. He had everything that he needed. But when sin entered in, man became spiritually bankrupt because he, he then assumed a debt that he could never pay himself. And if Jesus had not come, we would still be bankrupt. We still would be spiritually bankrupt, and we still would be on our way uh, uh, to an eternity of being lost, an eternity without having a relationship with God the Father who created us for relationship from the very beginning. And so it's through the, the prophet Isaiah, he, he, he wanted to make sure we got acquainted with this, this God-man. He, he wanted us to understand uh, 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 this relationship. And so, so, so in this, in this he, 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 he wanted us to understand that, 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 that this child, you know, that was born unto us, this son that was given to us, he was going to come. He, he look. He didn't have no shortage in his spiritual, uh, his spiritual bank. So he's going to come, and he's going to pay in full the price for our redemption. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I think about the fact that there was one day that, that I was spiritually bankrupt, and it doesn't matter how hard I work, it doesn't matter how good of a son, good of a husband, good of a father I am or was, look, I could not do anything to pay that debt. But then when I realized one day that Jesus had already paid the debt for me, and all I had to do was accept him uh, in his love and accept him for the sacrifice that he made, my debt was paid in full. It was stamped, paid in full. And I don't know about you, but whenever I get something to my house that I done paid off, when I see that thing on there that said paid in full, that's some excitement. But when you think about the fact that my sins, all my iniquity, all those things that separated me from the Father have been paid in full. Why? Because unto us a child was born, unto us a son was given. And guess what? And his name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
But look, look, look. But the, the prophet Isaiah, he, he didn't stop there because he wants us to really understand. See, I told you we're going to reintroduce the Christ of Christmas. And so, so, so in this messianic prophecy, he, he gave us some names. He wants us to understand who, who this child is, who, who this Savior is. And, and these names reflect both his divine and his human nature. If you look back in, 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 in verse 6, in chapter 9, he, he lets us know that, 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 that there's some names. And we're going to talk about those four names right quick. And, and the first name that he said, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, the word wonderful in this passage, uh, it, it comes from the Hebrew word pele, which means miracle, marvelous thing, or wonder. See, see, the word wonderful in this context is much weightier than, than, than the way we use it in our normal conversation. See, sometimes we say, oh, that's wonderful. What, is it, what are we saying? Oh, it's something that's pleasant. It's something that's lovely. And it's something that, oh, well, we just can, can, can you know, we can make it likable. But the wonder of Jesus was supernatural. It's miraculous. It's beyond our comprehension. See, you got to think about it. Have you ever stopped to think about this thing? From his incarnate birth, see, when he came down, you know, and took on flesh, and he came down as a supreme being, from the time of his incarnate birth to his death on the cross, to his resurrection the third day, to his ascension back up to the Father, the wonder of his name, I mean, good gracious, is most evident. There's never been anything like that, and it'll never be anything that will repeat it like that. It'll be never anything that can compare to that. It's the greatest miracle that ever took place. Yeah. Hallelujah. Man. Woo. So, 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 he's wonderful. The second part of that was counselor. Now, counselor means to advise, counsel, uh, 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 purpose, devise, and to plan. Now, 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 in ancient Israel, a counselor was portrayed, you know, as a wise king, you know, like Solomon. You know, Solomon, you know, he gave guidance. He, he was considered to be one of the wisest individuals, you know, who lived. Uh, but, 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 but the wisdom and the counsel of Solomon is not even worth a mention when it comes uh, to comparing to the counsel of Jesus Christ. You can't even put it in the same, uh, in the same boat. You can't even put it in the same box. You can't even put it in the same context because they're so totally different. Isaiah, he used this word again in Isaiah 28 and 29. He, he was talking about the council as, he, as he's describing the Lord. And he says this, he said, this also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. Now, 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 now the great philosopher Aristotle, he, he said that, 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 that knowing yourself is the beginning of wisdom. <laughs> He said, knowing yourself is the beginning of wisdom. But little did he know that knowing Jesus, and not only knowing Jesus, but Jesus knowing you, is the true pathway to wisdom. Oh, you want me to prove it to you? Proverbs 9 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. See, Jesus knows us better than anyone. Matter of fact, he knows you, he knows me better than we know ourselves. 
See, he even knows our thoughts before they even formulate. <laughs> he knows what we're going to do before we do it. He knows everything that we, 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 we desire before we desire it. <laughs> but yet, even in knowing that, and every, all the things that we think, and all the things that we desire, and all the things that we're going to do, ain't so much pleasing to God. But even in that, he still chooses to love us. And that in itself is beyond comprehension. I don't know about you, but when I think about that, God, he already knew all the mess I was going to do. He knew all the times I was going to fail. He knew all the times that I was going to fall short. But yet and still, his love for me didn't change. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! David understood a little bit about that. In, in Psalm 139, 1 through 6, it's not going to be on the screen. He said this. He said, oh, Lord, you search me and you know me. See, he understood that God knew him. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You, you, you understand my thought afar off. See, I just talked about that. You comprehend my path and my lying down uh, and, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there, there, there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Before the word gets on your tongue, before the thought enters your heart or your mind, God already knows what you're going to do and say. But you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. We're trying to figure out, God, God, why you love me that way? And when you know, God, I got false. You know I'm going to fall short. God, you know I'm going to miss the mark. But yet and still, your love is unchanging. See, we may not fully understand why God does it, but the thing about it is we can fully receive it. All you got to do is say, yes, Lord, and you can fully receive it, and he'll continue to, to, to be right there with you. See, God knows what's best. See, he is our wise counselor. As a matter of fact, he is the wisest counselor. As a matter of fact, he's he, he going to give us the best advice that we can ever receive. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I believe in professional counseling. You listen, believe it or not, I, I used to do that. Still do, but just a different way. And so I believe there are individuals that God places in our life who, 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 who can give us sage advice. You know, people who are going to give us some good advice, sound advice. But Jesus is our wonderful counselor. See, he's the one who has all the wisdom. And there is no human counselor that, that qualifies like the Lord, our wonderful counselor. See, there will never be a counselor. I don't care how many degrees he gets or how many degrees she gets or how much knowledge they obtain. They'll never be able to counsel us like our wonderful God. In Colossians 2 and 3, Paul tells us that in Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So everything we need is in him. He don't have to go and get a book. He don't have to go in the back room to see, okay, I got a circumstance, and I got to go see what I, how I'm going to approach it. I don't need to get you to fill out a, 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 a paper before you come so I can know what you're coming for. See, because by the time we, we begin to even go to him, he already knows, and he already has every answer that we need. His counsel is always reliable. It's always trustworthy. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Man, listen, and then we can go to him. He told us to go and pray to me. He let me know. He, look, look, look. He, 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 don't be anxious for nothing. He told me just, he told us to come to him. And everything with prayer and supplication to, to, with thanksgiving to make our requests made known. 
God, I need some help over here. He already knows it, but he wants us to come to him, and he's going to do exactly what we need. See, 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 we are assured that, that Jesus, our wonderful counselor, he has our best interest at hand. See, he's not trying to get us. He's not trying to swindle us. He's not trying to trick us. But you can believe that because of his love, he is looking out for our best interest. So the next, the next, the next, uh, the next name that he'll be called is Mighty God. Now, now I know y'all remember, some of y'all, let me see, I, I, well, some of y'all watching me uh, may, may, uh, may know this character yeah, character, uh, underdog. You ever heard of underdog? Now, I know I'm dating myself. The pastor Nate is probably looking at me saying, who in the world is underdog? <laughs> but underdog, he had these superhuman powers that showed up whenever there was some trouble. Now, now whenever evil tried to, pre to prevail, old shoeshine boy, see, that was his disguise, shoeshine boy, he, he, here he come. He's coming just in the nick of time. And what was his favorite statement? There's no need to fear because underdog is here. Now, now, now listen, I'm not relegating our mighty God to, to underdog. Now, don't y'all get it twisted. But I just wanted to give you an illustration because that's how God is. See, God knows just right when to step in on our behalf. See, when he knows that we are going through something, our mighty God is always going to be right there. And he's going to be right there to pick us up. See, the word mighty means powerful, warrior, valiant, champion. See, our God is all of that for us. He is our champion. See, he didn't just come. See, underdog comes. When underdog used to go, he used to go to take care of a circumstance, a situation. But see, our champion, our hero, he came to save the entire world. He came to save all of us. Woo. In Revelation 19, John had a vision of this omnipotent warrior. He said, now I saw heaven open and, and behold a white horse and, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and the righteous and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like flame of fire and on his head are many crowns and the name written uh, that, that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. See, when you understand that Jesus, he has already defeated every one of our enemies. See, he has already taken the keys to death, hell, and the grave. See, we don't have to worry about those things no more. See, our hero, our God, our mighty God is our hero, and he's already won the battle. He's already won every victory for us. Hallelujah. Mighty God. It leads me to the next one. Uh, 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 his name will be called Everlasting Father. Now, the word everlasting means without end, for eternity or enduring through all time. Now, now Moses, Moses in, in, in Psalm 91 through 2, he said this. He said, Lord, you, you, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Uh, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you uh, had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. See, he understood that, God, you, you were there in the beginning. God, you're here now, and you're going to be there in the years to come. Revelations 1 and 8, Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He said, I, I, he, he's the one who is and who was and it is to come, the Almighty. I'm talking about an everlasting Father. See, there's never been a time when Jesus was not God. I already told you, Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day. 
Jesus was here. All he did was to fulfill being Emmanuel, God with us. See, from the very beginning of creation until eternity, which means there's a time that you can't even define, he is the great I am. And see, 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 like God the Father, uh, he finds, uh, we find times in the Word where, where, where Jesus affectionately addresses uh, uh, followers uh, uh, from the fatherly perspective. You remember, remember the paralytic in, in Matthew 9, when he, when he told him, he said, son. See, that's what a father says. He says, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Remember the woman with the issue of blood uh, in Mark 5.34 when he said, daughter. Your faith has made you well. See, see, he understood. Why? Because he understood he's touched by our infirmities, and he fulfills his role to us as a father. How? By loving us, by, by supporting us, by sustaining us, by comforting us, and by providing for us. That's what a father does for their son, for their daughter, for their children. Jesus was all of that and some. <laughs> This leads me to my final, the final one. Isaiah said his name will be called the Prince of Peace. My God, the Prince of Peace. Now, in Hebrew, the, the, the word for peace is shalom. It means wholeness, completeness, tranquility, and calmness. But, 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 but the deeper, more foundational meaning of peace is, is the spiritual harmony that's brought about when an individual is restored to God. That's when true peace takes place. See, 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 it's not that uh, 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 Jesus is the only source. Uh, I don't want to miss this one. Jesus is the only source that leads to that restoration. See, the only way you can get that peace that you get when you are restored to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Romans 5 and 1 lets us know that therefore, having been justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the source. He is the avenue that we have to take. He's the road that we have to travel if we want to have peace with God the Father. Jesus not only reigns as a ruler uh, who brings peace, but he is the personification of peace. He is what peace is. See, he didn't come to the world. See, 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 what they were looking for, what the people of God were looking for, they were looking for this mighty warrior to come with this, these double swords, and he was going to come and just chop down all the enemies. No, Jesus came as a humble servant. He came to, to show them a better way. And the wonderful thing about it is that the, the very peace that he represents, he transfers it over to us. He lets us share in this peace. He lets us experience this Peace. See, through our faith in him, we get to experience it. You know, not only do we get to experience it, but he gives us a gift. He, he, he gives us um, uh, the gift of the, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, and, and, he, and, it, and, it, and it secures this peace in us for, for not just for a moment. See, sometimes you can have peace for a moment, but peace for an eternity is what God desired for us. He wants us to have an everlasting peace. In John 14, 25 through 27, it says this, These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring, your remembrance, bring to your remembrance all the things I've said to you. But he didn't stop right there. Because in verse 27, he says, peace 
I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, the peace that God gives us is an everlasting peace. It's not a peace like the world. See, one moment that we're in the world, there's peace happening. And then the next time you look, there's war. At one time, there's harmony and joy. But the next time, there's anguish and fighting. But that's not the peace that God gives us. The peace that he gives us is a peace that, that surpasses all of our understanding. It's a peace that holds us in our place of trust in him, even when all the other stuff is going on around us. That's why we have to really know who the Christ of Christmas is is. Because when you begin to understand that he's your prince of peace, you begin to understand that it doesn't matter what's happening out there in the world. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like because you still got peace because it's the peace that God has given you. And he said the peace that he gives you is not like the peace of the world. So he told you, don't let your heart be troubled and neither be afraid because of his Peace. Look, we can enjoy true and lasting peace with God. See, 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 he is the prince of peace. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. I just pray today that that as you 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 continue along the this journey toward celebrating Christmas Day that you'll begin to, to understand the Christ in Christmas just a little bit better. See, because if you begin to understand who he truly is, Christmas will take on a whole different meaning in your life. It won't be just about giving gifts, decorating your house. It won't be just about having a good meal or some good fellowship, but it, it will truly be about celebrating God with us. Jesus is the reason for this season and every season. Yes, he is. Because God sent him for us. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you today, God, for Jesus. We thank you for the Christ. We know, God, that if there had been no Christ, God, we wouldn't even be celebrating Christmas. If Jesus hadn't been born, God, we still would be lost. Our relationship with you, God, would still be severed. But because of your love, you sent your son to die, to repair that breach, to pay our debt of sin. And Lord, we thank you for that today. And right now, while I'm right here, there may be somebody today that's under the sound of my voice who doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. He came that you can live. He came that you can have life. He came to pick you up out of the darkness and place you in his marvelous light. And if that's you today, I encourage you today that Jesus is right there. His arms are open. He wants to bring you in to his love. And if that's you today, if you don't know him, it's a simple thing, just a real simple prayer that you have to pray. And it's simply this, dear Jesus, 
I recognize you as the Son of God who died on the cross, who got up on the third day. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are the Christ. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me the new creation that I desire to be, that you said in your word that I can be in you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. It's just as simple. Jesus paid it all. He took, did all the hard work on the cross. He did it for you. He did it for me. If you made that decision today, I ask that you just click that button. There's a button right there that you can click saying that I made a decision today. There's somebody waiting right now to come alongside of you, wants to, to connect with you and to encourage you along the next path, next steps of this pathway of your new life in Christ. Yes, right, your new life. Just by repeating those simple words, your life has changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you once again for your word. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you for this season. We thank you for remembering and thinking, God, on who Christ truly is. The child that was born, the God-man that came to save the world from their sins. So God, we thank you for this time today, and we ask that you look on your people today and bless each and every one. Continue to heal those that are sick. Continue to deliver those that are, are oppressed and those that are bound up. You came to set the captives free. So, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done today. We thank you for the souls that have come into the, the kingdom of light now and stepped out of darkness. And we give you the glory for it. We thank you right now, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Keep Christ in your Christmas. Amen. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.